Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. I just recorded the previous episode for you about how a narcissist or toxic person will use sex to subtly abuse you. We're not talking about sexual assault, the big, huge thing that we all think about when someone mentions sex and abuse in the same sentence. We're talking about the little tiny nitpicky things that they'll do to mess with your head and to hold it against you and all of those things. And I decided to continue on with sort of a follow-up to that and to talk about why sex seems so good when you're with an abusive, toxic person. And is it really that good? We're going to dive in. First, I decided last week that I would add at the start of each episode sort of a success and a struggle in terms of my healing because I am healing um, in real time. Um, A lot of people were following me when I was in my abusive relationship, followed me when I was getting out of it, and have followed me this whole time. And I have just been really Um, open and honest. Obviously, I don't share everything because I'm human and I deserve privacy and um, to not obviously have every single thing out there. And sometimes it is really hard to talk about struggles because I don't know if my abuser is watching me or has someone else watching me. Um, However, I have realized on this journey that it's more important for me to be able to share my story and hopefully help people than to worry about whether or not they're getting supply from the fact that I'm talking about what I went through because of them. Um, So let's see, a struggle. This is going to be really hard because I'm making these episodes back to back and I just told the ones that were like on my mind. Um, I think, okay, a big struggle that I haven't really talked about much is that when I was home with my family, I had a really hard time connecting with my sister. I have a sister who, for some reason, I have always felt um, a lot of, so it's been really challenging for me to have a healthy relationship with her. And I don't like the way that I feel around her right now. I don't know why. Um, Again, this is a long-term struggle, but I actually had to put some really, really great distance between us because every time that she was around, I was triggered. My nervous system was in fight or flight. I was like, I hate this. Um, Like, you know, my heart rate would go up. I would be like, why is she like this? Why did this happen? What, What did I do wrong? And I had to, again, put distance between us. That's a huge struggle because I love her very much and I want to be close to her, but because where I'm at in my healing, I have chosen to not be around people who when I'm around them, I feel like I did when I was with my abuser. I don't miss that feeling at all. I don't miss having a resting heart rate of 140, 150. I used to post that in my stories because I had like a heart rate tracker and I'm like, why is my heart rate always so high? Well, your abuser's in the house. Um, I don't miss that feeling at all. I don't miss not being able to sleep and constantly being like, oh my gosh, what was that sound? I don't miss that. So very big struggle there. So if you're also dealing with a family member or someone who is really, really close to you that you're like, I can't do this right now. I want you to know that you're not alone. Boundaries are important. Um, a success. Um, uh, when I told was the one I told last week was really good. And like I said, I'm on this, I'm on the same day. Okay. I'll just do this. I just went to Mexico City by myself. I did not take my son. And I just went and spent the whole weekend with a friend that I had had 
saw earlier this year, but hadn't seen for 13 years. And I did share my struggle um, last week was something that did happen in Mexico City that wasn't really a big deal. But of course, as a survivor, some things can be a big deal, even though we're not expecting it. But just again, being able to travel, being able to go do these things, like each and every time that I do something for myself like that, and same goes for you, it's a huge success. And so we should, again, we should be celebrating that. I keep saying again, because I feel like I'm repeating myself since I just recorded. So I apologize to anyone who's listening. Why does she keep saying again? All right. Are you ready for the big, juicy, yucky, weird, confusing topic of having sex with an abusive person? Okay. So I talked last week about how Quite often with a narcissist or a toxic person, you have a lot of sex in front, hot and heavy, you're on the same page, you like the same things, you're doing the same things, it seems like a perfect match, um, everything is all good, and then a lot of times they stop. There are also abusive, narcissistic people who are addicted to sex, will force you, will, okay, I'm sorry, go back, trigger warning for this episode as well, I'll try to put it on both episodes so that if you can't listen to this, if you don't have the space for it, if this is not going to be helpful for you, you can back out right now. Um, but there are people who throughout the entire relationship are going to make you do things you don't want to do. They're going to be seeking it out from other people because they're just, it's, it has to be something that they're doing all the time. Um, but it can also be, and in my experience where, as I said last week, it was a reward and a punishment. It was intermittent. Um, it was part of my trauma bond where I was very, very heavily addicted to that connection because again, that was what I had in the beginning. That was my slot machine. That was my win. That was my $5,000 ding, 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 ding. Oh my gosh. Hearts racing. You're exciting. You got your prize and then you're nope, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh my gosh. I'm almost down to zero again. That was my big casino when sex was like the ultimate prize. That is what I equated as love. So when you get that, when you're in the trauma bond, when they've withdrawn affection for long periods of time, sex for long periods of time, you're confused about whether or not they want it, whether or not they're even attracted to you, you don't know where you're standing in your life. And then they have sex with you again, big win, casino, slot machine. You're crazy. You're getting that kick chemicals are flowing. You're like, oh my gosh, they do love me because that sex was amazing. That was amazing. They were attentive to me. They were all in. Oh my goodness. We still have it. We still have that connection. And now that I just said that, I haven't thought of this before. They said that to me all the time. This is the longest I've ever been attracted to someone. This is the longest that I've continued to have sex with someone. Of any of my partners, no matter how long I was with, this is the longest I X, Y, Z. We still have it. We still have really good sex. We still have this connection. It's just harder because jobs and kid and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And they would use all the excuses or the reasons that we as a society actually do experience in relationships, especially those that are longer. Again, I don't want anyone to be confused with like normal, like healthy ebbs and flows in a relationship. You know, we're all stressed. There's like financial issues. There's COVID. There's the world. Like everything's crazy right now, right? So ebbs and flows are normal but they would cite off all the, the things that everyone else actually experiences. And I would be like, Oh yeah. Yep. Once in every blue moon, we do have sex and it's all still good. So I must just be really miserable and just can't be happy. And I'm just 
crazy and want too much and all the things, right? Is it actually good? Ask yourself, is the sex actually good? Or is it the only time that they're attentive to you? Is it the only time that they're meeting one of your many needs that are all not being met? Is it the only time that they look at you, kiss you that way, all of that stuff? Is it all an act? Is it all an act? Are they doing this because they saw that you were pulling away? Are they doing this because maybe someone else is giving you attention and they know that. They know that someone noticed you, that someone kind of likes you. So now all of a sudden they're going to meet your needs. That's abuse. That is emotional abuse. It's not a genuine connection. They're just rewarding you. They're just doing it to keep you around because you're halfway out the door. They're just doing it so you get that dopamine kick, so you get that trauma bond fuel. The addiction is being fueled. Um, it's going to buy them some time to continue to abuse you. The thing is that a lot of people will ask, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize that love bombing is abuse. It's a manipulation tactic. So when someone is love bombing you, when someone is giving you sex and attention and gifts and whatever, because you're pulling back, that is abuse. So people are like, well, it's a love bomb. And then they were, the love bombing was abuse. Like in the beginning, they were targeting you. They were hunting you down. I'm not trying to be like really dramatic here, but like they were, they were trying to pin you down. They were trying to win you over. They were trying to convince you that they were someone that they were not, that this relationship was incredible. They're making this. Um, Dr. Kristen Milstead on our webinar last week said something about that. They'll create a timeline with you very early on and make you feel like you have before, during and at, like we have a future together. Somehow we have a past together, even though we just started hanging out three days ago, they'll talk about like, like in my case, we met at the gym and knew each other for a year before we actually hung out. So they'll say something from like that time. Like, I remember when I saw you, like, so now we have this whole timeline together and we're, and I'm hooked and that's abuse. That's all emotional abuse, manipulation tactics to get you where they want you. So in my experience, without giving too much away about myself, I am single. I'm also a human. And I also have hung out with people who respect my boundaries. Um, that's not the best sex you'll ever have. That is not the best sex you'll ever have. This is toxic sex. And again, you're just being fueled by the, the slot machine going off and making all the sights and sounds and, and lights are going off and everyone in the casino is like, oh my gosh, what'd you do? Oh, oh, congrats. Oh, you know, this happened at the airport the other day when we were flying back from Vegas. There was a lady that was like screaming because she kept winning and it wasn't massive amounts, but it just kept going and going and going and going and she kept getting more spends and all this stuff. And like the whole entire, everyone in like the terminal was like, Yay! When you find someone who genuinely cares about you, who's not love bombing you, who's not using you, who's not manipulating you, rewarding and punishing you, they're listening to what you want. You're not faking it. You're not stressed out. My mind was never relaxed when I was with my abuser, maybe in the beginning. In the beginning, I was like, okay, cool. From the point in the last episode where I said that they started the devaluing, they started saying, you want too much. That moment that I was like, holy crap, what's going on here? I thought we were on the same page. This is not what I thought we were doing. It was so sudden. I mean, it was literally the mask dropped. Like some people will say that it like faded over time. It was like they ripped it off and threw it. It was like, hey, 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 just kidding. But 
a healthy person who actually cares about your needs and what feels good and doesn't feel good and you can relax, so much better. Trust me. When you're relaxed, you're not walking on eggshells, you're not, it's not this like up and down, back and forth, roller coaster, like we're all taught that like it's, it's like passion. We just had this huge fight and like, okay, y'all, if you're in like a committed relationship and you're happy and you're good and sometimes you have a fight and you have makeup sex, good for you good for you. But if it's abuse and then sex is a reward, abuse and then sex is a reward, no thank you. That's not good sex. That is bare minimum breadcrumb. Let me give you this, like I've been feeding you poison, poison, poison. Here's a tiny bit of the remedy. Poison, 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 tiny bit of the remedy. remedy. You're confused. You're sick. You're going crazy. You don't feel good. You're miserable all the time. And they give you this one tiny little thing to keep you hanging in there. That is not good. That is toxic and horrible and miserable. And I know some of y'all are like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. I didn't want to hear it either. I promise you. There are people out there and I do not suggest that you go looking for them right now because you're vulnerable and you need time to heal. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people think that being single means that you have a problem, that it looks bad, that we shouldn't spend time alone because the clock is ticking and we're in our thirties and this and that. This year has been the best year of my life. Being single and taking actual time for me and not even trying to date people and having boundaries in place and just focusing on me has been incredible. And I'll tell you right now that I am very aware that I will have so much better sex than I have had with an abusive person. And so will you. Again, let's try not to do it right now. Let's try to clear our minds. We don't want to be using people. We don't want to be um, having sex and then crying because sex was used to abuse us. That's a very real thing. Um, like we just, we don't, we don't want to get in those situations. Right. So again, I promise you healthy sex is a million times better than that little breadcrumb that you're being given to keep you in an abusive relationship don't really have more to say on this subject because that's the whole point. Um, thinking that this like passionate fight sex makeup thing that is, is good. We're just, we're confused. We're traumatized. We're in a trauma bond. We want it to be good when really it's not. Um, we don't, we don't want that. We don't want that. We want to take that time. We want to heal. We want to eventually hopefully find those connections where we're like, holy crap. I just realized how wrong I was because this is a million times better than what I thought was top of the line, um, ear replacer or ear, like you can't repeat this. Um, never going to find this again. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure that most of the, us who've been in these kinds of relationships have said that or thought that never going to find this might find someone else to date, might find someone that I'm a little bit happier with, but the sex isn't going to be good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. If you really like someone, they really like you they treat you well, you treat them well. Even if it's awkward at first, it's okay to be awkward at first because you, you're getting to know each other. Even if you've been with the same gender your entire life, everyone's different. Like we're out here in society acting like once you've had sex with this one person of this one gender that you should know every single body that has the same part, not true. Everybody's different. Everyone has different preferences, likes, dislikes, triggers, like safety, like these are my no-nos, these are my yes-yeses, like whatever. Um, I promise you, they're not the best you can get. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening. Um, 
Reminder, October 15th, the NARC Avengers, eight of us out of the 16 of us are going to be in Austin, Texas for a in-person and in-person meet and greet. Uh, it's going to be free, but I believe you have to have tickets. And then we're all also offering one-on-one face-to-face coaching sessions, which you have to buy tickets for again. Um, but we'll all be in Austin, Texas, hanging out October 15th. Um, so if that's something that you can get to that you would like to be a part of, keep your eyes peeled for that information. I will have it in my beacons bio soon so that you can um, follow the link to our website. It's just narcavengers.com. <clears throat> I talked too much today. Reminder not to record two episodes back to back. Um, what else? I'm hosting a trip to Greece next year. I've been trying to add this on the end of my episode, so I don't want to go into it too much this time. If you're interested in going, it'll be in August of 2023. We're doing Greece and Santorini. It's going to be, my goal is to have a safe space, a safe way for queer folks <clears throat> and survivors of abuse to travel where we might not otherwise want to because the fear of the unknown. Are we safe there? Am I safe with this group of people? I really want to offer a safe space for my two main groups of people that I love being here for. Um, and I really look forward to meeting a lot of you. If you want to go, the first 10 people do get an early bird discount. So huge bonus if you want to book it before everyone else does. Um, and then also, if you like this episode, you like this podcast, or if you're listening on YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this information into the ears of those who need it the most. <clears throat> And you interacting with my content like that really does help. Um, and so, yeah, I appreciate all of you. If you want more from me, you can find me at the Lindsay Goodman on TikTok and Instagram or visit my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. Thank you all. And I will see you next week.